Welcome back, everyone, to the A24 on the Rocks podcast. It's me, your host, Kelly, coming at you live from the UP as of this recording. We watched this movie called Barely Lethal. Have you seen it before? Why not? You're really missing out. Tonight, I'm drinking a Bordeaux, and it's a proper Bordeaux because it is, in fact, from France. Next to me, also sitting in the UP, is my husband. Yo, it's Eric. Uh, yeah, we are in Paradise, Michigan, on the far eastern end of the UP. We went up here to interview a man that we uh, we found an advertisement for him in a public bathroom, and uh, we're going to put that in one of our episodes, so pretty excited. Up next, we have Kevin. Deep take. Don't uh, don't go after any walrus-related items during this trip, please and thank you. Um, hello, everybody. Good evening. I am Kevin K. Conn and Conacek, and tonight I am drinking the strongest bourbon in my collection, uh, Dirty Helen bourbon barrel strength, because this movie was so terrible that I had to drink the strongest thing, and that's where we're at. So, oy. next we got... Hey, it's uh, Colt William Whitlock Gibson. Uh, I'm coming at you from Savannah, Georgia. Uh, I'm drinking Jefferson's Ocean Age because I needed something to pick my spirits up. So I'm drinking the best whiskey I have because this movie was definitely not it. Up next, we got... Hey, what up? It's your boy, Blaze Fitzgerald Ryan. Uh, Tonight I am drinking, uh, to be super accurate, I'm drinking a Diet Coke with a splash of Evan Williams just because I was running late tonight's recording so i had to use what's left of the uh, old batch so i envy all of you for actually drinking heavily tonight everyone thank you for once again tuning in if you're listening to this episode you're a special kind of person because why (laughs) but as mentioned we're watching a nickelodeon film called i'm sorry an a24 film called uh disney ah wait 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 it is it is a24 after all and it's called barely lethal um it was released in april of 2015 it never should have been sorry um i'm gonna go ahead and kind of switch things up immediately and ask (laughs) did anyone enjoy this movie go nope no absolutely not i mean like there was like one scene that i thought was pretty good We'll get to that. But we'll no, get to that. I hated this movie so much. <laughs> I I did like every scene that Rob Humo was in, just because of what a great blessing of a person he is. But there, a whole no, not even close. Well, this movie audience, if you haven't been fortunate enough to have seen it yourself, is about a teenage it. special ops agent co- coveting a normal adolescent fakes her own death, and enrolls in a suburban high school. She quickly learns that surviving the treacherous waters of high school is more challenging than international espionage. It is directed by Kyle Newman. It is starring Haley Seinfeld, Sophie Turner, Samuel Seinfeld, Seinfeld. Steinfeld. Yeah. Don't want to mix that up with Jerry Seinfeld there. You guys, I mean, I'm trying to be a very enthusiastic host for you all, and I hope that um, maybe I'm pulling it off. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson's also in this movie. And <laughs> it had a $15 million budget. So it took two months to film. How's that sound, everybody? 
good movie? Nope. <laughs> yes. Budget it's, sounds way yeah. too high for that oh CGI. The visual yeah. effects in you this know right off went the bat. To all the like, yeah. I don't know how it. That's all it was. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't. I oh, you don't mean that CGI <laughs> plane <laughs> flying oh, through, the, through the screen? That was so just so awesome. In the post Marvel age, too, how do you screw that up that much? <sighs> all right, I one have to at stop time. and like rewind Cole, it. Cole, you haven't talked <laughs> yet, so Cole, go off. Tell us about your first takes on this. So bad. Prescott Academy. It's a school for young girls to grow up and be super spies. Yeah, so uh, my first note was, oh, God, is this shitty spy kids? Um, turns out <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, it's just it's like an absolute terrible movie. Um, the way they like set it all up, they definitely like do a, a Black Widow-esque like, training montage of little girls, orphans, and all that stuff. If you told me this was an A24 film, I would have laughed in your face because there is absolutely nothing that makes me think that this is an A24 film. This is even like a film that was released in theaters or is considered a movie. This looks like it belongs on like the Disney Channel and is like a straight just like Disney Channel one off movie that they released that you would watch on like a Saturday night with the boys. Like, I don't I don't understand what's happened in this movie. Everything about it from the get go Gave me bad feelings, and it uh, never got better. Blaze, I want you to weigh in after that. Uh, yeah, everything that uh, Cole said and more. Uh, I have a personal story about this. Uh, I let my girlfriend do laundry at my house as long as she said she would watch this movie with me. And she literally got up and left and got in her car 20 minutes into the film. Uh, <laughs> that is oh, a true story Rosalie I'm, I'm talking to you yeah everything about this movie was hacky terrible uh, like Cole said you got very Disney Channel movie vibes but they got to say like swear words every once in a while uh, it really tried to be a little bit of everything uh, I really saw them try to be like a Mean Girls for example they actually referenced Mean Girls in the film just how Badly, you know, they wanted to be it. Going back to CGI, I had no idea they still did CGI on, like, MS Paint. It was uh, so terrible. Um, it reminded me of, uh, oh, shit, what's that one with uh, Tim Curry, that RTS game? I don't know. It's an old 90s game. And the animations, and this is from the 90s. And this uh, movie was in 2015. None of the characters made sense. They uh, belittled sexual harassment. It was uh, just, I. it was literally like shit. And I don't know how much we want to talk about. Like we can go into more details of the shit, but it was just literally raw sewage that was on my face for two hours. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, it's your turn. Let's hear it. Wow. I try to not read about reviews and ratings and things on movies before I go into it because I like to have a pretty clean slate. But this movie was painfully obviously within the first literal minute that this was garbage and like cole i kind of anticipated maybe it getting a little bit better but it was very clear right off the bat this director this writing team had no intention of actually making a good piece of cinema they were either given a bunch of money and said go have fun or this guy truly thought what he was creating was some sort of high art i don't know you've all kind of said it already it was a disney channel movie that was going for way too much. I even heard that they originally got returned to rated R version of this, and then they got it down to like PG-13. I can't even wrap my head around that concept whatsoever. It was an ill-formed movie, ill-formed attempt, terrible waste of my time, and everybody involved should be ashamed. Cole? 
Yeah, so with the I was gonna say with the rated R thing, for some reason it was rated R, and then they just they just appealed it. They didn't change any of the edits or cuts, and then they just were like, "Oh yeah, this isn't actually a rated R movie. It's a PG thirteen movie." So I'm just very confused as to one who, whoever reviewed this watched this film and was just like, "Yeah, this is too hardcore. This got to be rated R." Either that, or they just like blacked out for how shitty it was. It was like this this might be like some torture <laughs> shit. Like we can't let the people we can't let kids watch this. <laughs> <laughs> a rating so like less yeah. people watch it because it's just that bad. The sexual harassment in here, like, okay, what, what's high school? Are boys allowed to literally smack a girl's ass like in the middle of the hallway and yell "fresh meat"? Like, you would get suspended immediately. Like, I, I don't know what kind of school that is. But then even before we get into that, um, how Haley Steinfeld gets to the high school, they. Go on some mission in Chechnya, she just drops into the water, gets into the woods, and somehow is able to find her way to a computer, a phone, and this top secret agent school is not tracking her whatsoever, uh, and I'm guessing she has an ID and is probably sending papers to this uh, exchange program to, you know, go to this new family and go to this new school, and how is this top secret agent school not tracking her at all? How did she get back from Chechnya? Like, I I don't know any of... There's no Skills, answers for any man. of this. Yeah. Man, yeah. Plot plot holes. For yeah. Days. Uh, I want to... I know you probably saw this, but when they were looking for the uh, a family that she was going to be... Exchange, a Google site for yeah. exchange families, just like, I want to go with you. Uh, did you notice that the dad yeah. was Topher yeah. Grace yeah. with we the like, fun mustache? He's not in the film at all. They just put Topher <laughs> Grace wait- with the mustache in there. I was waiting for him to yes. show up and do some weird, goofy thing. And it's just like, nah. Right. He just will never be no. here. <laughs> it's just the right. Yep. So there we dad. go. We got a highlight is the, the picture of Topher Grace. paid him Grace. probably oh, like $100,000 just to have his picture. <laughs> <laughs> yep. like the stash extremely man. weird Good. the question Maybe that i was kept the, rating, the r rating of the film the question that i kept asking myself when i was watching this was like what age group is this movie possibly for because i'm 28 i was a teenage girl that movie would not have been for me even when i was a teenage girl that movie's not for me now having watched all the things that she's supposedly watching to learn how to be a girl in high school it's not for me now you guys already mentioned the changing of the rating of the movie. They had to have appealed to get that PG-13 because they thought it was for teenage girls. But what? Who is going to enjoy this? Yeah. It is the weirdest thing. And not in a fun way. It's in a bad way. From start to finish. It's like a Nickelodeon movie. You guys keep saying Disney. I feel Nickelodeon. I feel very like Zoe 101 or that one with the mermaids who live in a water tower. But... Those ones are actually, like, watchable if you're a young girl. This is not. This is, like... And I think that's an interesting point, Kelly, because, like, the name of the title is Barely Lethal. Clearly a play on the idea of barely legal. And so now they're going with teenagers, putting it towards teenagers, marketing it for teenagers, using pictures of teenagers. Haley Steinfeld is 15 during the filming of this movie. She's in 16 at release. Like, disgusting on every every aspect. Yeah, it's just, like, really stupid it's very dumb with this title with everything i was doing a little bit of research i was like why does this exist who wrote it the person who wrote this movie i won't even name him but the things that he has also written are two tv shows for trolls children's tv shows those are the only other things he's written respect i've never written anything i've not written a movie or a tv show good for him trolls the beat goes on continue on (laughs) yeah 
clearly. It's directed by Kyle Newman, who I guess is this big nerd man who has made something called Fanboys, which is a Star Wars comedy. Oh. Um, he also wrote a D&D history book. And he has directed a few of Taylor Swift's music videos. Taylor Swift and Haley Steinfeld are best friends. So there's some weird kind of celebrity thing going on over there where I think I don't remember who mentioned it, but it was, in my opinion, just here's fun money. Here's some actors. Go do what you're going to do. I don't even know if I really want to go over the plot what that plot? much. <laughs> what, what plot? I'm with you. I don't think we should. <laughs> That's a good point. And so also, I'm I'm watching uh, Game of Thrones right now. I never watched it when it came out, and Sophie Turner's in here. So it's like I'm watching her play Sansa right now, and and then I watch her go to this film where she asks a guy, do you want to hang out or bang out? And it was just like, oh, my God, I hit my head. Haley Steinfeld, this is post-True Grit, and, you know, True Grit was a unis- universally loved film, and she was in that, and she was acclaimed for that, and she took this film, I'm guessing, you know, she thought it might be kind of an edgy teenage, well, edgy's going too far, I, I don't know what kind of category I could put this in, but a teenage movie that will, you know, further her fame, I guess, but I, I'm sure she's scarred from this movie, because there's so much weird shit going on in here. Yeah, I mean, I guess you can put your name next to Samuel Jackson and, and Jessica Alba in yeah. a movie. You, in theory, would be like, oh, yay, but then it's this. I was about to ask. Like, yeah. Do you think Samuel Jackson gets asked about this and he just try, forgets about it or doesn't answer well, the question? I, I was about to ask, uh, how did they get Samuel Jackson? Uh, but he literally was in Snakes on a Plane, so I, I can't, you know, he, he takes movies for money sometimes. He basically just plays Nick Fury in here, so. <laughs> cinematic masterpiece of snakes on a plane that's what you mean i was yeah i i have this whole theory about not just this movie but certain movies like this where like comedies that are so bad i think like most adam sandler movies after the year 2012 are like this you just try to get as much money from a production company as possible and then you pay off your friends you say hey you know what you want to go to california for two months and get paid x amount of dollars uh we don't even have to write make a movie really it's just going to get released eventually, and it's going to be a small stain on your career, Jessica Alba and Samuel Jackson. And they're going to be like, okay, cool. I'll take the million dollars over, you know, my entire legacy. And uh, it's, it's just basically a giant slush fund in Hollywood that a lot of these studios do. When you look at the scary movie franchise after the first one, you look at a lot of these, like, just terrible movies that you don't know how they got created. Kelly, you said, I, I've never written a movie, but clearly you can if you have the right connections, because... There wasn't a movie. And you talked about it. It took two months to film, right? So the time commitment for these people is not very big. They can fit this into their schedule, one filming or whatever. It doesn't take too much out of their schedule, and they get paid to fuck around, essentially. Cash is played by Toby Sebastian, who was also in Game of Thrones. So we have a double Game of Thrones here. Um, But yeah, his character, he was in a band name called Emoticon, and I, I noticed the first song they played, he's playing acoustic guitar, but there's no guitar in the song. And then, you know, we go on, and the teacher, the teacher slapped his ass, didn't he? And, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah well, that was the other was So weird. Oh, yeah, he wanted all that yeah. cash. He was ass all Ass slapping is a big part of this high school, I'll tell you what. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it's, it's the fresh meat. It's this guy named Gooch, the <laughs> class clown, who then gets with the sister Rape of our it, character. Yeah, they call him, Rape like, Ranky oh something. God. Rape it, Ralph. About that. That's what yeah, the sister did. called him. And she ends up with him. And then he becomes Bernard after he drinks tequila. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. 
guys. Uh, this just, gets worse. Just random, just like plot holes, it. though. Uh, I like how she got like tricked into being the mascot, and then she kicks the shit out of the people that are trying to like steal her. And at the time, everyone's making fun of her and calling her a loser until she goes viral. If you were in high school and someone beat out of the shit of the dog, yeah. like you know the other rival team, I'd be like, "Fuck yeah, that person." So for our audio um, listeners, we don't even put a video out. All of us are just rubbing our faces as if we're in pain the entire time. I just want you to imagine that as you yeah. listen to this episode. I will try and bring some of the positives to this film. One of them was uh, I enjoyed the scene where uh, the dad of Rob, I think, or Roger, the dad of Roger. I can't remember that guy's Rob name. Rob Hummel, um, yeah, and he's in the car, and he just, he's like, what do you call, you know, cute girls? You call them hotties? What do you, what do you call them? And uh, my favorite new saying is going to be a hottie biscotti, because I really <laughs> yeah. enjoyed that. That one worked so, for you? Yeah, so uh, that, that you know, brought a little positivity in my life, so I'm going to be implementing that. I also liked uh, seatbelts and yeah, condoms. that was good. That's a good rule, just yep. in general. Yep, I did note that one. That yep. was good. Um, yep. And then uh, if you smoke weed, you immediately do meth. So I don't know if anyone on this podcast partakes. Reefer madness, man. Reefer madness. kind of fucked. Um, also, St- Steve-O. Uh, the Steve-O scene Steve-O was, was, was the best. How can we forget about Steve-O? Like, he, that was the only Let's good talk part. about torturer Steve-O. Yeah, but Steve-O, one at a time. I want Eric to go first, and then Kevin, you're next. All right. Oh, man, I... When I saw him in this film, I'm just like, man, you must have been desperate for money because, you know, it's it's been a long time between Jackass films, and his character... It, I don't. He's literally just like the random torture guy. I didn't. I he uh, didn't say anything for a while, right? Mm-hmm. And so I thought they were literally gonna put him in there and have have no dialogue for him. And what did he? Yeah, like I can't. What did he end up saying? He just like he just says a bunch of stuff, and he totally gets her. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Completely forgettable character, but I still like was like holy shit. There's Stevo. I was the Leonardo DiCaprio meme in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I feel like a lot of people were watching that movie and couldn't decide if it was actually Steve-O until it got closer, and you're like, wait, this actually is Steve-O. I'm even more confused than when I started. Yeah. <laughs> Blaze, you got anything Steve-O and to Just say? what you guys said. I was, like, legit sh- I'm so glad Cole just yeah. watched this movie. Otherwise, I think we would have completely forgot that Steve-O was in this movie. I remember watching it, and exactly what Cole said. I was like, it looked like a Steve-O lookalike at first. And I was like, okay, that's a little weird. Then I was like, wait, that's actually Steve-O. And then he did his little, like torture scene and then never seen from again he his day on set was over he did his two takes and uh he got his paycheck and left so insane i was Accurate. calling him the silent steve-o for the longest time i was like are they really gonna have him in this film and he won't say anything why am i not surprised by any choice they make at any corner at any moment in this movie here's here's some things that i wrote down last week as some questions what for you was the most memorable quote of this movie. Cole, I think you watched the most recently. Hottie Biscotti. Hottie Biscotti. Hottie Biscotti. That's all I got. Hottie Biscotti and seatbelts and condoms. Those are my two. For me, Eric already spoiled it, but it was Sophie Turner saying, do you want to hang out or bang out? Deadpan. Just deadpan at the middle of this party. I'm just like... That and there's so many puns, and they are the most low-hanging fruit puns. But that's like the thing that the girl and her true love interest, the AV geek, not Cash the guitar player, 
That's the thing that they have that Cash will never understand, our low-hanging fruit puns. <laughs> Eric, do you have a memorable quote? Um, can to be honest? No. <laughs> um, I do want to talk about uh, Roger there, the, the pun guy. He, okay, he's the AV guy for the school, but who has AV guys at band practice? Nobody, band practice, you don't have a soundboard guy. Uh, and this emoticon band is so huge, I guess, they have a soundboard guy, but, like, I've never heard of a, uh, band practice, like, having sound, a soundboard guy. I was so confused by that. Yeah. <laughs> right. What? I mean, like, Canada sucks a dick. I guess maybe that's, uh, yeah, I love oh, Canada, though. So. Wait. Wow, wow, hold, wait, aggressive. <laughs> that was a quote. That was a quote. That's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah. all right. Fair enough. Kevin, all right. Well, I guess that means it's my turn. There was one particular character that I found myself actually being like, ah, you're okay. And that was the Liz character, Liz Larson. I thought there was some of her one-liners and kind of witty banter that was mildly digestible. Um, and the one line that I actually found pretty entertaining was when she was just, I think she was, I don't remember who she was even talking to, but she says, look, you may have all these people fooled, but you and I both know you're sketchier than a 2 a.m. Waffle House. And I laughed because I've been into a Waffle House at 2 a.m. and it was very sketchy and it was one of my favorite memories because it was just so ridiculous. And so that for me was relevant. So God, I love Waffle there you go. House so much. Sketchy 2 a.m. Waffle House with the back of house asking if we all wanted vodka as they passed a bottle <laughs> right. around and prepared our food. <laughs> Blaze, do you have a uh, Was there a the end line? No, um, I, like Cole said, I, I do remember <laughs> profusely the seatbelts and condoms line, and I actually like laughed pretty hard on that one. I love, I did enjoy all of Rob Hummel's scenes. The most memorable part was the two mean girls were clearly like 35 years old, but they still cast them as teenage girls. And uh, I chuckled every time they were on screen because I was like, that girl has like teenagers herself, I bet. Like, that's interesting casting choice i'm like at a loss for words which is horrible as the host of this podcast i'm just like my jaws was dropped for the whole film my jaws dropped even now i can't believe that this exists i can't believe it's in a24's world what did uh what did you guys think of uh jessica elba's role yes jessica elba was also in this movie yeah for like five minutes i mean and it was stupidly obvious from the very first scene that she was an ex Prescott. Yes. Yeah. Like, oh, all right, you're you're number one or whatever. Can't wait for that reveal later. Yeah. <laughs> also, like when she gets captured by uh, you know eighty three or what whoever by uh, Haley Steinfeld. Uh, you know Haley Steinfeld's acting like she's tied up with a bag over her head, but she's not tied up with a bag over her head. How did she end up in that situation? Not tied up with a bag yeah. over her head. In with all of Maybe the guards. Maybe she switched herself. She switched. How do you get that far into it? (laughs) I just the writers couldn't have come up with something interesting or unique of how she captured uh, Jessica Alba. They were just like, you know what? She's she's captured herself, but not really captured. It's going to be a reverse capturing of the capturer. Speaking of that scene, uh, so that rope comes down, and Jessica Alba's plan was to hitch a ride on Prescott's jet because that's what it was attached to. So, like, what was her plan after she got away attached to the people that are trying to catch her? Yeah. I, how did she get back from Chechnya? I already asked that, but... Also, okay, when she comes back from Chechnya, there's a montage of her watching, like, 90s and early 2000s movies, like, high school movies, like, Clueless. It's a mid-90s movie, and th- this oh, is yeah. supposed to be set in 2015. 
I'm sorry, but if she like Googled like high school high movies, high school musical, yeah, man. yeah, you'd be probably watching that. You might watch uh, Super Bad. You know, you might watch something like that. But like Clueless, like you're 20 years behind, girl. Come on, get it together. Dude, that scene was so cringy in yeah. general because like Haley Steinfeld trying to like laugh and forced crying and forced emotions. It was like. Yeah. Who taught you to act or allowed you to do these things? Like, it was so They've got her, like, bad. on the bed, like, on her stomach with her feet up in the air, kicking them. And I'm like... Right? Just kicking her... Just... But it was so not endearing, and it was so not real, and it was so robotic. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, is this part of the irony of a spy pretending to be a teenage girl? If that's what they were going for, which I read some reviews trying to say, like... It's just a like an ironic thing. It's like the, it like makes fun of all the teenage movies, isn't it? Isn't it clever? No, it completely failed. If that's what it's trying to do, not once did it seem like it was trying to be tongue in cheek about anything. It try it was desperately trying to be earnest and funny and failing time after time after time. Time after time. Yeah, that's that's a teenage movie. <laughs> Thank you. That was beautiful. Yeah, actually, that's a really good idea. If I ever make yeah, a bad yeah. movie, I can just be like, I was being ironic. Like everything. <laughs> I know. Good point. That is the, uh, you idiot. You don't get it. <laughs> this is too smart. For the you, bad man. acting is a play on good I was acting. Also thinking. All right. That's... <laughs> Which is actually kind of funny because that's an argument we've had in this podcast before. Like, this is too smart for you. And now we're all just blatantly like. (laughs) This movie was not smart. We know that. Come on. (laughs) There's nothing smart about this movie. And also, like, this whole idea of child, like, super spies has been done so many times. And Mm. it never works. It never, like... Besides Spy, Spy Kids, Kids was yeah, I'm like yeah, Spy Kids. Besides Spy yeah. Kids, which is like kind of a nostalgic classic for our generation, they've done it with I think there was like a Hannah or Hannah movie, H A N A movie. Yeah. That one was okay. They had the Salt where it was um, uh, the chick that was married to Brad Pitt and isn't married to her anymore. I can't remember. Uh, you know, she was a Lord Angelina Croft. Jolie. Angelina, Angelina Jolie. Angelina Jolie. Angelina Jolie. I forgot. She, she did a movie called Salt, which is the same concept. Name. Black Widow's the same right. concept. I remember saying that one. And you got this one. Like, they're just, none of them are really that great. And I don't know I was, what they were expecting to do here. Go, Kelly. You I was going to name one. two more. That's the same tangent I wanted to go on was the, it's an unoriginal concept. And when I was growing up, there were two cartoons that kind of did this concept and a lot better. And that was Kim Possible. Oh. Yes. How could and I forget Kim Possible? Everybody knows Kim Possible. And then there was on Cartoon Network for a short minute, they had a show called Totally Spies. Oh, I and that. that was a great show. I loved Totally Spies. So was that with the three the three yeah. girls? It's like a, as the oh, protagonist. Yes. I was thinking of I was thinking of kids next kind of thing. Door. Right. Kids even, next door is kind of saying. I mean, that's yeah. That's there's still house. there's a lot of oh yeah, spy no, stuff total, in that. Yeah. Totally Spies was like the three teenage Powerpuff Girls. Yeah, there you go. That's a good way to look at it. Yep, yeah. very much. And that was great. And it's like there was humor in that. There was endearing characters. There was believability. If one of them had an episode where they wanted to go off and pretend to be in high school, they would have done it so well. Maybe they did do that. I don't know. But this movie failed. Um, Let's talk about the action sequences in this movie. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I enjoyed the car chase. 
go go off or blaze tell it was us a more pretty poignant card i mean it wasn't anything to like you know it wasn't fast and the furious or anything like that but it was kind of believable um nothing like crazy happened nothing like unbelievable happened and it was a little bit you know like you know even though i was clearly sophie sophie turner at the time you know when it first showed up i was like okay this is interesting that you know the her sister gets shot and then she like they switch seats and she goes into oncoming traffic and they do like zigzags like that but it wasn't anything like you know so unbelievable and it wasn't so boring that i wasn't was waiting for the scene to end it was it was a competent chase scene even though she was in a shitty car and the car behind them was a kind of a souped up car but other than that that's okay that's i can let there was some really obvious stunt doubles in here. Like, I, I could tell when the stunt double happened, you know? Like, whenever Haley Steinfeld was fighting, I could tell when they, like, panned away from her and just showed the, the back of someone's head, uh, you know, punching or something. I could tell it was a stunt double. It was really poorly done. I'd have to rewatch it, <laughs> but I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you couldn't pay me money to rewatch yeah. this movie. I'm super serial. We might have the worst uh, A24 film Yet, I mean, like I've given Fs to three films. Will this one get an F minus? I'll I'll let you know shortly. Cole, were you gonna say something? We'll see. I just got my notebook back with my notes. I'm gonna see if there's anything worth uh, reading in here. <laughs> okay. So, can we talk about the uh, how obsessed the parents were into sex? Like every adult was super like into like sex. There was the perverted teacher that was after cash. There was the mom who was, like, always assuming they were going to have sex. You know, she, like, you know, oh, you're going to homecoming. I bet you're fucking, you know, like, like joking. <laughs> and then Rob Humo, whose every single thing was about sex. What is up with adults and sex in this movie? They care more about it than the kids. Help. And, like, you talked about, too, like, the parents divorced. Like, they talked about the pontoon boat and, like, the sex implied with that whole thing and you're right. It's it was a very heavy. Maybe that's where they got the R rating for. <laughs> they were just laying it on too. Heavy. It was also called barely lethal. So that, I mean, yeah. they were leaning into it the whole time. And also at the end, Samuel Jackson just takes the mom and goes bangs it out in the back instead of hanging out. So. Oh yeah, and just right. just the idea of like abducting orphans and making them like super spies. There's a little sexual undertones on that too. Just like you know, yeah, yeah only women. Yeah, there is so much of that, and I'm going to take us on a tangent real quick, and then I'm going to bring us right back. There Love are it, I want to talk about two YouTubers stuff. that both became filmmakers once upon a time in YouTube history. One of them we know as Bo Burnham. He is very well known now, and we will watch one of his movies in the A24 world called Eighth Grade Later. It's an amazingly done story about teenagers. That'll come in the future. There's this other YouTuber now defamed. His name is Shane Dawson. He is known for a lot of pedophilic undertones. And he made a movie called Not Cool. And it is one of the worst movies of all time. I've never watched that. I've watched little clips of it. But I have a feeling it's extremely similar to this one. And I won't say anything about necessarily the writer, but there's something to be said about the name of this film and the way that the adults interact with the kids and the age of the actors in this movie. And it's all really icky. Icky! <laughs> yeah, disgusting. Um, can someone explain to me the reference to Totem Pole? I asked Eric about that too. Randomly throughout I don't know. This movie? I have no clue. 
Why were why did why, no. why did she say nickel? Why was everyone saying nickel? Nickel and totem pole at least like random two or three times. Am I missing something? Is this a, a jive slang that I didn't know about from twenty? I think that was the point. I think is? it was just supposed to be like high school slang and for that specific high school. I mean, I don't remember my high school doing that, but I'm sure there were s- certain phrases that we only said like regionally, you know. No, I think I think that whoever wrote this thought they were like fucking super smart and they were going to develop a whole new slang insane and thought that they were going to be, you know, uh, kind of like horrible bosses when they had the phrase, you know, bend them over a barrel and show them the 50 states. You know, that was a funny line that made no sense, but people say it now. And they probably thought, hell yeah, we're going to get people to start saying that's nickels. like come on (laughs) fuck you can't make fetch happen as a much better movie would say another weird thing about this movie Mm -hmm. is that i I, forgive me i don't remember his name but Haley steinfeld completely blows off av guy the entire movie right she's like makes it painfully obvious she makes it painfully obvious that her and Roger roger are just friends and then at the homecoming because they weren't really like hitting off on talking at the snack table because Cash had a legitimate like reason to save his voice because he's going on stage. She's like, fuck this guy. Where's punched. my man, Roger? And he's with Sophie Turner. And that makes complete sense because she never showed an inkling of liking him the entire film. At least like in other like, you know, teenage romantic comedies, it's like, will they, won't they, will they, won't they? They just made puns at each other all movie. And he said she was pretty. To her dad once. I don't know. It was just a complete, just like, we're here, we need them to get here. Okay. <laughs> right, that you see coming the entire time. Right. There's no built-up chemistry, because, yeah, their chemistry was puns, and really horribly written puns, so there's just no built-up chemistry. And the only reason she finds out she doesn't like pretty boys because he can't do puns, so it was yeah. just like... Double right, but usually, history, like, right? the bad guy in teen movies is, like, overtly evil, and, like, she just doesn't see it because he does it behind her back or whatever, but he was, like, real, like, when they went to Waffle House, did, uh, or go get pancakes at the party or whatever, did he, like, did they not talk there? Did they just sit in silence and drink coffee right. and, yeah. I don't know, he, he didn't earn not having her, I guess is my point. <laughs> I was expecting Cash to be a double agent, or not a double agent, like a secret spy for the bad person, and for him to and Sophie to team up. But obviously that was too smart for this movie, so they were just like, he doesn't like puns. <laughs> and then they, that was, they fucking tossed him <laughs> To be fair, that is a deal breaker, so. God. <laughs> Sorry, random note, Kelly, you asked oh, earlier about puns. quotes that were either good or bad, and I wrote two other ones down, and we gotta talk about them for one of the reasons, then content filler. There was an insult that you look like a one-night stand with Mr. <laughs> Potato Head. I laughed a little bit at that one. Uh, I, I enjoyed that line. And then the other one was when they were fighting, and she said something about P90XL, bitch, and oh. I laughed at that one as well. Yeah. Um, Classic P90. Taken out of context, they're both pretty much shit. Yeah. I remember the P90XL, and I was like, who are you even saying that to? These are like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, my, my favorite bad worst scene was at one hour and 25 minutes and it's where they're infiltrating the house and for some godly reason they had instead of shooting it at an actual house with the background they have the security guard like right up close with like a blue screen behind him and then uh 
Haley Seinfeld just come up behind him and hit him with a baseball bat. They're clearly on a blue screen and it's or a green screen, one of the two. And it's so bad that if you look at her like hair, you can see like the ghosting that's happening yep. around all of their bodies. And all it is is a flat picture of the house. So either they forgot to shoot it or they were like, We need to have a reason why how mm-hmm. she got in. And they did it after the fact. But it's like, how did you not shoot that at the actual house? They decided we're going to do it at a green screen. We also spent all of our money on Samuel L. Jackson. So we're going to get, we're going to go on to Fiverr and find somebody to do this for five bucks. Like, it was just so, so bad. That is such a good point. There's so many. I know I mentioned it at the start, too, but there's so many green screen failings in this movie and i don't feel like i have a great eye for that but i caught it time after time after time with the clipping on the hair and sometimes the perspective just being wrong that's like inexcusable for a movie especially with this kind of budget you can't well, not just that. the budget but like 2014 2015 it was not like the 90s where they're just like figuring out this technology like it was a pretty well established like 2008, they made that one-shot scene in uh, uh, Star Wars Episode 3 that was all CGI. I know that's not the same budget, but, you know, people should know by then, like, the editors, the CGI people, they should probably, like, you know, not just, like, look at it once and be like, hey, it looks good to me. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Like, that's... I feel like I mentioned this earlier, but like that first scene where she falls out of the plane that Eric, you referenced, and then we see the plane fall flying overhead. (laughs) I had to stop and like ask myself did i just see what i think i saw like i'm pretty sure that was a fake ass yeah. plane not doing anything that planes do and i stopped and rewind it and i was like yep that was a fake ass plane and it was so bad that i had to rewind they just it twice paste the picture and then the guy hits record and it's like that's right this blue cross here i mean so we were in the post marvel age at this point like marvel had started avengers had came out Okay, if you're going to try to use CGI, you're going to need more of a budget. They, they probably didn't have the budget to have the best CGI for this movie, but I then don't even try to make this kind of movie if you don't have the budget for it, you know? You know what movie had a budget of $15 million? Ex Machina. Yeah, true. Oh my gosh. And yeah. Yeah. one best visual like, effect. Holy shit. <laughs> Dude, fuck, like 2001 A Space Odyssey came out in the late 60s and had better 68. visual effects than this. Yeah, yeah. that movie's amazing compared <laughs> yeah. to like, I mean, that that's one of the most well-known movies for, like, uh, practical visual effects, but, like, still. Well, I think that leads us back to our theory of someone just gave the director, you know, fuck-around money and said, have yeah. fun. Like, you know famous people, like, you Taylor Swift's your homie, we can just do this for funsies, and if it sticks, it sticks, great. Otherwise, we'll forget about it forever. And clearly, that's exactly funsies. what happened. Well, the weird yeah, thing about even that theory is, though, then why even waste money on CGI? Like, if it's going to be a $15 million budget, you're not going to, like, care about CGI, like, okay, the end scene, they go off in the helicopter, and they show a fake-ass helicopter flying over a fake-ass school. Why not just make that B-roll? You know, like, what was the point? Like, were they throwing it in our faces how bad it was? Because they weren't showing off any technology. Just show a B-roll of a helicopter going over a school, and you'll get the exact same effect without us going, why is this so terrible? You know, like, I don't get the, yeah. like... It's poor planning. The poor hardest I left. Decision-making. Poor producing, poor yeah. everything. Poor everything. Yeah, like, poor everything. They, like, they literally just made this movie to make a movie to either burn the money so that way they can later call it for tax breaks when it doesn't make money, and also so all the actors can stay a part of the, the guild and keep their insurance. Like, this, this movie's a joke. 
The hardest that there we go. We I laughed in this movie was the effect of Haley Steinfeld falling out of the plane or something. And it was just this body falling down <laughs> into the water at the weirdest speed. That's the hardest I laughed, and it was right at the start. I never laughed again. <laughs> so something else I was going to ask everybody. So she does a lot of research on high school movies, Mean Girls being one of them. I wanted to ask if everybody has maybe a favorite movie that takes place in and around high school. Eric already mentioned it, and that's super yep. bad for me, mm, uh, for sure. Uh, Quintessential, fantastic, watched it dozens and dozens yeah. of times. Great soundtrack, great acting, great... I mean, there's so many, like, movie. just John Hughes's early, like, you know, the whole Brat Pack was, like, amazing. Um, my favorite movie that happens to take place to high schoolers is Remember the Titans, that's that's a sports movie more so than a high school movie, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, there's so many better just high school movies like out there. Don't bother with this one. Edge of Seventeen. I I know you wrote it on your list here, but like Edge of Seventeen was was another Haley Steinfeld film. Took place in high school and it was done very well. I actually really enjoyed that film. I wish this movie was a bit more like Edge of Seventeen. Haley Steinfeld, she definitely rebounded right away because uh, I think she, Edge of Seventeen came out not long after this. And so it seemed like she had a dud there. Then she did Edge of 17. She came out with a few songs, and uh, now she's like an A-list celebrity. So yeah. I mean, everyone gets a hiccup. That's, that's okay. Cole, any high school movies you hold dear to your heart? Yeah, I mean, I, uh, it, I'm going to consider it a high school movie, uh, but Back to the Future. <laughs> I fucking love Back to the yeah. Future. It is kind of no. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd, I'd say so. There's a lot of scenes that are uh, held around the high school. Uh, if I had to go like true high school movie, um, Breakfast Club is a classic. Yeah, it's a good one. Super bad, obviously. You guys already said mess said. If I go for a scary movie, The Faculty is a very good like creature feature set in like a high school kind of alien stuff. I really like that film. <laughs> So someone had mentioned the the idea of doing like scary movie and the, how this kind of fits into that vein, and this feels like a not not another teen movie in yeah. that in that sense, right? Just that yeah. ridiculous, over the top. But that was actually more entertaining than this by every stretch. A guy of gets ripped in half in that movie. No one gets no one even gets <laughs> shot with a real gun in this movie. Can we talk about that for a second? How many firearms are in this movie? And the only person to ever shoot a real bullet is at the very beginning with Jessica Alba, where she shoots down at the at uh, her. What? Yes. There's someone else that shot because they shot tranquilizer no, darts. The sister, the, rest of the, the sister gets movie. shot in the car scene. She gets shot in the leg. That's why she's in the hospital. Yeah, they shoot with the sound. All right, you got me there. So there's two <laughs> guns that are shot in this whole movie, and not a for a spy and movie, and not a yeah, single right. person dies. Ridiculous. I hate. Oh, they have a whole discussion on the roof about how she's never killed a person, even though she's a super tactical, crazy, like you know, the top tier best. Uh, she's never killed a person. I, I hate well, it. The first time needs to be special. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. The whole scene where I I, I guess Lindy's losing your virginity is both for shooting someone in the head and also having sex for the first time. So you know, we really should have realized when the opening movie or the opening line of this entire film was "I never knew my parents." <laughs> like we should have just realized it right off of the bat. We was just screwed from there. I did a quick look up. Okay, I, I'm gonna say Superbad's my favorite high school comedy movie, but then drama slash darker movie. I'm gonna go. 
Donnie Darko. That's I not a high school yeah, movie, though. <laughs> but Carrie, also. I, I loved Carrie. Donnie Darko's a high school movie. It, Just because it takes place yeah. in high school does not mean it's a high school movie. All like all the nearly all the main characters are in it's high, a high school. school movie. Yeah, twenty one. Yeah, twenty one. Carrie, Carrie. Are you, do you call Carrie's that a high school good. movie? Carrie's a high school movie. Carrie's a yeah. high school classic. movie yeah, for yeah. sure. Anything involving prom. Anything involving prom. Yeah. All right, listeners and and co-hosts, if you'll lend me your ear, I wrote a list of other high school movies that, if you're in the mood for one, that you should watch instead of watching this movie. Follow along with me. It is. Mean Girls, as mentioned in this movie. Breakfast Club, American Beauty, Heathers, Clueless, High School Musical, <laughs> Superbad, Perks of Being a Wallflower, <laughs> Easy A, Ten Things I Hate About You, Napoleon Dynamite, Juno, oh. Edge of Seventeen, Grease, Ferris Bueller's I, I Day hate Off. Grease. <laughs> Hey, 16 you, Candles, you down over there. one we already talked about, The Spectacular Now, and I would even say Twilight is better than this movie. Okay, I, I have one thing. American Beauty, uh, Kevin Spacey jerking off in the shower, you know, it's not really a high school movie. I'll, I'll say uh, just one, one gripe with that, and then also, do you, you put Say Anything on there, did, didn't I you? Didn't. Oh, Say Anything, yeah. John Cusack holding up the boombox classic. You mentioned Napoleon Dynamite, and that one was like, oh, how did we forget yeah. that? Just because of that ridiculous, you know, the low budget and the whole thing that kind of turned off an awesome cinematic. And that's a great movie. example of a movie with just like a unique premise with a weird sense of humor that made everybody laugh. It was a cultural phenomenon. Uh, this movie obviously wasn't trying to be that. It was, as we're discussing, it has to just be a money grab of some sort. It is the weirdest thing. It is the most straight-to-TV movie that... I've ever seen from A24. Awful all around. I agree. I think I saw a quote that said, basically, like, this would be a movie that someone would s turn on and, like, flip on for a couple minutes on cable and then just turn it off and never forget that it ever was there. Ever. Yeah. Cole? Uh, you know what? Uh, have you guys ever watched the show Even Stevens? Was that the Shia LaBeouf uh that was the yeah, Shia, Shia LaBeouf, yeah. Yeah, so they made a TV movie where they go to, like, on a compete on a TV show or whatever, TV show, Island Survival or whatnot. This movie, for some reason, gave me vibes of nostalgia of that. And the whole entire time I watched this movie, I was just like, man, I wish I was watching Even Stevens. I wish I could change the channel and just go watch some Even Stevens because clearly, you know, Nickelodeon ain't it for me tonight. I need to be back over on, like, the Disney channel watching some Even Stevens because I fucking love that show. And I hated this, but for some reason it just gave me nostalgia of, like, man, I should go watch something good from... Like my childhood. <laughs> Maybe I need like a palate cleanser. <laughs> Degrassi, the next generation. I was not a Degrassi guy. I was I was a big Degrassi guy. All right, Eric, why don't you start us off with Moving ratings? On. Um. Okay. So there, I've had other films I've given an F uh, to, and it's been Tusk, it's been Revenge of the Green Dragons, and Laggies. And now I'm I'm looking at this film and I'm wondering where does it fall? Like so, Revenge of the Green Dragons. There, that was about as sloppy as this film. I'd say it's as sloppy. Uh, but the thing is, I feel like that was done by somebody that like a 19 year old in film school. This movie seemed like it was done by like a 12 year old. Like the puns in here, the the writing of the script, 
it was like the kind of jokes I had when I was 12 years old. Uh, I was not a funny kid, by the way. And um, and I, I just think that there were so many things that were sloppy about this film. And like laggies, I I mean, the writing of the script, uh, the, the screenplay was pretty poor, but I, I can't call that film sloppy. You know, like it, it didn't have this kind of like attempt at green screen that uh, this film had. And even Tusk, uh, like, at least I can see that Kevin Smith knows how to uh, point a camera straight and uh, put somebody in a walrus suit and um, actually make it horrifying in some kind of way. So I think I'm going to say that this is the worst A24 film I've ever seen. I'm going to give it an F minus. And uh, yeah, it, it's below, far and below every other A24 film I've ever seen. And uh don't know how the hell they made this film. And I'm sorry to uh, Sophie Turner, Haley Steinfeld. Like, uh, I, I wish, you know, you guys went on to have a much better career. I, I think you guys probably have some PTSD from this film because uh, I, I think you must have had some trauma going through uh, shooting this. Blaze, yeah, why not? I don't follow that up. Uh, <laughs> uh, Eric, you weren't a funny kid. You're not a funny adult. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> 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 so, no, I'm just fucking with you. Um, yeah, everything that Eric said and more. I mean, to call this an A24 film, let alone A film, is an absolute joke to the art of cinema. And I say that very hyperbolically. I think anything can be art. And like I said, there were some genuinely funny parts in it in very small snippets. Seatbelts and condoms. I'll never forget that. That was hilarious. I'll forget where it came from, but it is hilarious. The writing was terrible. There was no cinematography. There, the comedic effects were terrible. I didn't know who it was trying to appeal to. Like, at least a movie where, like, if it was trying to appeal to a 14-year-old girl, I could be like, okay, I can at least see it from that angle. But, like, we kept saying, like, it wasn't exactly even in that, like, uh, mold. It was just... This uh, YouTube channel called Red Letter Media, they do a way better job explaining it than me, but uh, it's all about this conspiracy theory where a lot of Hollywood productions are actually just slush funds for the directors and actors to pay for their yacht that summer. That being said, there's not much left I can say. I wish I couldn't even have to grade it. I wish I could give it an A and A because that would give it validation to the other A24 films that we watched. I feel bad for every other film that I gave an F because, even like Eric said, even Green Dragons wasn't this terrible. Even that uh, one mail truck movie <laughs> wasn't this terrible. So when I go back, I'm never going to see this again. I hope it purges from humanity. And the worst part is that Satan knows what my forever torture is going to be. So <laughs> that being said, <laughs> F minus 24 just because I cannot give it any lower. Kevin, you next. Okay. What to be said that already has not been said, or what I already haven't said during this lovely review of ours. I personally have yet to give a movie an F24. That's going to change tonight, <laughs> plain and simple. Now, I will not go as far as Eric and Blaze, because uh, I still want to give myself lower to sink, just for the sheer sake of, of having that option out there. I just can't imagine there being another movie that would be as bad as this one. It was ill-conceived from the very beginning. It has a dirty, perverted, weird title that does not lend itself at all to the theme of the movie. It certainly makes everybody feel creepy as you're watching it from the sexual harassment aspects to the weird just flirtiness and just everything about it is just cringe from top to bottom. 
Uh, like Eric said, I feel bad for the A-list actors that have to associate their name with it, and I truly believe that there's something to be said about Blaze's conspiracy theory about Hollywood and slush funds and doing things for the sake of having them on the books. It took two months to film, and it should have taken one. It was just brutal from start to finish. There was no polish. There was nothing redeeming whatsoever, minus some crass one-liners that we find funny because we're drinking alcohol and we're bored. <laughs> like, at this point, I really just want this movie to go away. I don't want to think about it or talk about it again. And it really only serves as an opportunity for us to show that A24 really went a long, long way from where it was at this time period to where we see it in 2022 and above. At the end of the day, this movie did nothing for me. I don't recommend it for anybody. It was a waste of a time, and I had more entertainment chatting with all of you than I had even for an ounce of this film. F24, plain and simple, trash. Cole, your turn. Not that big of a surprise. I hated this movie. I think this is my least favorite film we've watched out of all of the films. And I've given some of them a pretty low rating. But it like it just saddens me so much that... Just two episodes ago, we were watching Ex Machina, and now we're here. We're, we're just, <laughs> we're just like we had the highest high, and we came fucking crashing down at twenty four. Like, why you gotta, why you gotta do this to me? Uh, moral of the story is: don't make PG thirteen, you know, films. Day twenty four, stick with rated R. You know, you're good at it. You know, that's what the people want. People don't want this bullshit PG thirteen fucking kid stuff. Uh, I hated this film. I hated every. There's nothing redeemable about it. I will never recommend this to anyone, and I think no one should ever watch this. Yeah. Okay. Marcel the Shell might be good. I haven't watched it, but that is also almost, you know, it's like seven years down the road. They got a lot of things to figure out. Could be good. This, this, this is, this is not what we need, okay? All right. I'm happy to say that I won't be bringing this score up, everyone. This movie, we've covered it very much in insofar as how awful it is. I don't know what else you could say. If somebody has anything good to say about it, I actually went digging to find someone who liked this movie. And it was this woman who was like, this movie is only hated because it's about young girls. If it was a young boy story, it'd be in every theater from coast to coast. And I'm like, I disagree with you in every single way, lady. Um, you're wrong. That's the only person that I found making a scathing positive review. Scathing positive. That's what I'm calling it. Anyways, Eric mentioned that this movie seems to be written by a 12-year-old. To me, it sounds like it's written by a 45-year-old who has always thought that they were 12 years old. Meaning, there's very perverted themes, as Kevin mentioned. There is no undertone, no themes, nothing to take away from this movie. It's just kind of pedo, pedo undertones at best. That's the only thing that I got from this. It's very gross, very icky, very much don't want to touch it with a 10-foot pole. And if I wasn't supposed to talk on this podcast about it, I would have turned it off so fast. I love the description of it being just a movie that's on TV that you skip past after a couple minutes where you're like, oh, I've seen this actor before. Oh no, what are what are they doing? <laughs> so I think it's unoriginal in theme nothing that like made my brain light up ever i think it's poorly produced as we talked about the green screen as we talked about nothing cinematography wise to speak of who is this movie for 
I still don't have an answer to that question. I don't know who could possibly enjoy this movie or, like, who they were going to to try to entertain with this. There were many times also in this movie where the lighting on people's heads was like a Lifetime movie, where it was very velvety. It was lit from their head and back, like a Sears picture when, like, in, like, the 90s. And it was, like, very just like soft and weird and out of place and that's when it wasn't on a green screen the line delivery i've mentioned nickelodeon many times it's so nickelodeon to me but nickelodeon's movies are better than this there's no a24 vibes period so there's only one letter that stands for flop stands for failure and stands for forgettable that's f and it doesn't even deserve that i've already given my f's out this is worse this is a f minus 24 she boom